Hello, everybody, and welcome in to another episode of the Couch GM's podcast. It is Friday, December 29th, 2023. We hope you had a great holiday. I'm your host, George Kurt, joined by the one and only Cody Roadcap. Cody, how was your holiday? Holiday was great. Always love spending time with family. Uh, some fun football on the holiday when we had some downtime. Uh, but this week is championship week in fantasy football. So definitely starting to feel a little bit of stress. Uh, a little bit of anxiety about who should I play, who to start, trying not to make too many, you know, crazy moves, trying not to get too cute, as we like to say. Uh, but I think we're going to have a good conversation to help me settle some nerves. I sure hope so. And I mean, I love when the, hol- when the holiday season, they fall on a weekend or like next to a weekend because you have that nice little football buffer like you do on a Thanksgiving. Like, you know, sometimes when there's nothing on in the background, it's a little bit, a little bit tough, but it was nice to, uh, be able to watch with the family and get a little bit of a buffer there. But anyway, um, as a reminder, new episodes every Friday during the season, as we continue on to the end of the fantasy regular season and the NFL regular season, um, sorry, the fantasy playoffs and the NFL regular season. Um, Cody also sometimes does a bonus episode on the world cup every week. Um, sometime earlier in the week, we will cover some of the semifinal matchups before we jump into this show too far. I'll make sure you follow us at the Couch GMs on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok to get more on that and fantasy advice to help you win your fantasy championships this week. And as we move on into the future, maybe some DFS advice for the playoffs. And as we do our research going into next year to help you prepare for next season. Um, as always, you can send us a DM with your fantasy questions as well, and we will help you set your ideal lineups to get you that trophy you are hunting for. All right, Cody, I think that's our intro. Why don't we sit back, relax, and chat? Shall we hit the magic flag and do a little bit of Couch GM's World Cup update? Cody, take over the screen. Take it away. Alrighty, so just a reminder, if you're new here, the Couch Teams World Cup is a four-year, 30-person fantasy football experiment trying to figure out who and what is the best and of the best at fantasy football, at least out of those 30 people. And this is a reminder to either open up the video on Spotify or head over to YouTube and search the Couch GMs and you can see what's going on. So we're going to recap all the good news. Uh, we're not going to talk too much about consolation games because we all we care about is champions in the World Cup. So people that win in year one will automatically qualify for that final standing. And let's talk about Group A. We'll kick that off. You can see the bracket right here. Uh, so we had two matchups, which I'll bring up the matchups a little bit bigger so everybody can see that. So the first one was between Kepi and Tyler, the Tyler Bowl, both people that are have and are a part of the Couch GM's network. Uh, Kempe got the victory 135.30 to 93.08. And real quick, let's just check out his lineup this that past week. So first off, uh, Justin Fields versus Jared Goff. That was a 10-point advantage for Kempe. Zeke continues to be good with Ramondre Stevenson in the background. Uh, James Conner had 19 points compared to Alvin Kamara's sixth. Debo Samuel had a down day. Jordan Addison got banged up. That really hurt Tyler as well. Trey McBride, only six points. Sam Laporta, though, disappointing at 3.3, but Tyler Kempe, they're both named Tyler. It's very confusing, was able to overcome it here. Uh, George, anything stick out to you about this matchup? Hope you guys enjoyed me trying to get my camera back in focus. I don't know why it went out of focus, but that was a good time. 
while we were looking at this first matchup. But um, no, I mean, I think the biggest thing is McCaffrey is going to be a league winner for a lot of people. Um, and it's kind of unfortunate that Tyler didn't have quite enough to go with it to get him over the top. He did actually lead him to a fairly solid week, but Kempe's team is deep. And I think we're going to talk about it in the other semifinal matchup in this too. Like there's two teams in this league that we were expecting to go to the championship game. Kempe's team, obviously met expectations scoring 135. And as you see, as Cody just flipped on the screen, Greg defeated Andrew 126.52 to 101.54 as Greg's team again continues to dominate. And we got a chalk one, two in the championship because of that. We did get a chalk one, two, man. I am struggling. Try not to cough. Uh, and you will notice though, Greg did lose TJ Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. Oh, but don't worry. He has George Kittle just sitting on the bench. So uh, he was one of the two tight end guys that we were like, we're going to see how this works out at the end of the year. It's worked out pretty dang good. Definitely has apologized for, for the cough. Tyree kill. That's another guy uh, that I think we'll see consistently at the end of the season was a part of, uh, you know, a lot of championship teams. Uh, and I really like his matchup this week. So normally we don't get to do this and I'm not going to say these are the final lineups, but let's go ahead and real quick, take a look at, the matchup itself see where the so greg is currently fitting right there projected to win by three as you can see this line it's going to get very close uh but here are the two lineups justin fields zeke james connor justin jefferson uh so shout out to kempy for making the championship with justin jefferson in their lineup that is not the only person in the world cup to do so uh and i think Justin Jefferson, I'm going to talk about him later. So I'll save my stats, my talk for him coming up. Uh, But Ayuk, Laporta, St. Brown. So he's going to get a good feel on Saturday because there's a Saturday game this year. CeeDee Lamb is another wide receiver that's going to be a part of a lot of teams. So this matchup, we're starting with it, but it's the one I'm looking forward to the most. Oh, agreed. Because this is the two powerhouses that like, I feel like you could have put these teams in any of the three leagues and these two teams would have been the favorites. Um, And like you said, we're going to have a pretty big start on Saturday with, you know, the IU Laporta. I'm sorry, Laporta St. Brown on the one side and you got Dak Prescott and CD Lamb on the other. Obviously, also, as you're seeing this, the Browns defense goes on Thursday night. We're recording this right before the Thursday night game kicks off. So you guys will know a little bit more about how this started than we do. But uh, no, this is the matchup that I was I, I I was hoping to happen because I really want to see how it plays out. And I think both of these guys deserve the berth into the the uh, World Cup final in year four because of how, how solid their teams have been all year. For sure. And like I said, I... I have not talked to either owner of this. I don't know if their lineups have been officially set, but anybody on these lineups that you think, you know, I would probably play them over somebody else. I always been criticizing people who've been benching the Cowboys defense. I think Greg's been kind of playing them by matchup and he did put in the Texans versus the Titans as opposed to the Cowboys versus Detroit. So he's playing a matchup instead of rolling with the Cowboys defense, but he's gotten this far and I haven't as we're going to see in a second as a sleeper, as a sneak peek. So um, maybe I shouldn't say anything about it. Yeah, so I like that one. And then just to keep it fair and balance that with Kempe, 
Uh, especially with him playing Justin Fields, kind of interesting to see him not go with DJ Moore uh, and instead go with Nico Collins. I know CJ Stroud is back, a little bit better of a matchup, but interesting, especially how uh, those guys have been connecting the last couple of weeks. So those are some names that we'll have to pay attention to as we move on. But let's jump into group B, which is my group, which unfortunately I am not a part of. I am playing for fifth place. Uh to recap last week, oh, I guess I should go to the bracket so you can see that. Then we'll jump into the, the scores. So we had Bree, who was dominating in Group B all season long, only lost two games, lost in the semifinals by seven points. And we're going to talk about that because there was a big uh-oh that happened semifinal weekend for her team. And then Shelby got a big victory because Reed, who we hyped up, did not show up. Uh, and definitely was not what we were expecting. So Bree versus Hayden uh, in this match, and or, I'm sorry, Shelby versus Hayden. Hayden beat Bree last time, getting the girls confused. Love to see one of the females in the finals. And I do want to just point out too, uh, not very often do you see a team make it that far in a fab league when they spend zero fab dollars all season long impressive so honestly she spent zero fab dollars all season long and uh she made some of the it wasn't the fewest amount of moves but it was in the bottom half of the league so shall we just drafted a really good team and didn't have to do too much and it's carried her this far so we'll see if it can get it over the hump but let's jump into those matchups real quick we'll start with uh the week 16 matchup of brie versus hayden and I mentioned it was a seven-point differential game. And what happened right here, Jaden Reed was questionable. He's been questionable last couple weeks, expected to play, ended up being inactive. Bree didn't make the change in time. And if you scroll down here, there wasn't a lot of great options to play, but – A.J. Dillon, in that same game, if you would have played them, 7.2 would have been enough to get the victory. So that's how close this game came to. Could have got, you know, only one more point by playing Jordan Love. Uh, now, that being said, there wasn't too many. I mean, Calvin really had a nice day. Wasn't like he had Jordan Addison get hurt, though, very close. And he also lost T.J. Hawkinson. So here's another guy going into the championship with losing their starting tight end, and he does not have a... Uh, he has Logan Thomas. He has Logan Thomas. He doesn't have a George Kittle. I forgot the guy's name. He does not have um, a George Kittle, but he has a Logan Thomas. Which um, is former 90 overall quarterback in NCAA AA 14. <laughs> Cody's favorite party trick drop, or uh, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, anyway, um, I will also say this game came down to Monday night with the Lamar Jackson and George Kittle. Um, and George Kittle got targeted in the end zone on that last San Francisco offensive possession where a touchdown would have also won her the game. That one was right down to the wire. Little heartbreaking, but what would it have won her the game? Was it? Yes, it was. Yeah, he was targeted back when they were about like the 15 yard line. Okay, so so also you have to factor in the catch. So right. I I just I know that they were like in between the five and the 10, I thought when mm-hmm. they were throwing it. So I wasn't sure if they would have quite, if that had been a, you know, a 
lost by a point. I probably would have won by, you know, a point point or something like a point point. A yeah. point one. Oh, yeah, something goodness. like that. It was it would have been very close, but all right. I mean, and there's the, I had so many leagues that came down to that 49ers drive, and if they would have scored a touchdown, I might have actually moved on in and just didn't happen. That was a very weird uh emotional roller coaster for me at the end of that game that didn't really mean anything in the scope of the game. Yeah, and let's take a look at this matchup real quick. We're not gonna spend too much time on it because unfortunately Reed does not want to relive it. And uh this is a completely solid lineup. With no inactives, only putting up 50 points. Brock Purdy lead it off with his four interception day, only getting, and he got benched for 2.4. Joe Mixon, eight. Austin Eckler, 10.1. Like DeAndre Hopkins, three. Debo Samuel, the only 49er that didn't have a good day outside of Brock Purdy. Outside of Purdy. Uh, Sam Laporta, that one hurt. Uh, And then let's take a look at Shelby's team. Josh Allen. Zeke, Rashad White, Adams only point nine. Expect him to have a better week this week. Cooper Cup, Trey McBride, James Conner, ETN, and the Eagles defense. So, same thing. We'll go real quick. We'll take a look at these two matchup. This matchup overall, Shelby is projected as of right now to dominate this matchup, a twenty point victory. I have to think that that might mean the. Uh, Scores or lineups have not been completely set yet, but we'll have to wait. Well, and see. It looks we'll like see, actually, there's Logan Thomas in there. Everything I think it's just so Hayden's team's not bad, but he was not one of the powerhouse teams in this league that I expected to get this far. Um, I mean, your team started to fall apart near the second half, but your team was pretty solid through most of the year. Marcus was one of my favorites coming into the playoffs, and he lost in round one. Like, you know, Bree's team, obviously most wins in the World Cup this year and uh, and got upset last week. Like I was not if you would have told me Hayden got this far, I would have been surprised. And I mean, you never know any anyone who gets in the tournament can get all the way. So props to him if he can pull this one off. But he is definitely the underdog. And it does look like this matchup will come down to uh, if this lineup is set Tyson Chandler on Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football as he has Shelby has no one playing on Sunday night. She has everybody locked in at one o'clock on Sunday. <laughs> That's Mainly impressive. There's, well, there's 10 matchups on Sunday at one o'clock, which is the dumbest thing, but we need to get into that. Same thing. Any, any changes you would make for these final, I, another person's not playing the Cowboys defense. It's, some people know something that I don't. And I mean, maybe it's just because if they're that scoring that many points, I just kind of want to roll with it. But, uh, like on the other side, I can imagine not playing the Ravens defense against Miami, but there haven't been quite as solid as the Cowboys defense has been. Uh, who is Shelby's tight end that she's sitting Kincaid just so I can take a peek? Trey McBride. Okay, that one makes sense. I don't see much that would change on either side. It looks like Hayden doesn't have a lot of options anyway uh, because of all those injuries on the bench. <laughs> yeah, I would play Two guys Dak just hit IR over Josh Allen. Dak over Josh out that that's a tough one. I could definitely see it. I just um, I think the point potential is higher. Uh, that should be Dak. a shootout in that Dallas Detroit game. That's gonna be the, I think the first game we're gonna talk about here in a few minutes. But yeah, and then uh, Zamir White might find his way into the lineup uh, for me uh, if Josh Jacobs doesn't go. But that one if is Jesus a wait and see kind of move. Uh, and but she also has James Conner, Rashad White, Zeke Elliott, Travis Etienne. Like, 
Zeke is the one that I might switch out, but he's been good without Ramondre Stevenson. He hit an IR. So, you want to talk about your group? Let's hit it. Group C last week. I'll let Cody get up to the bracket here. We see Brandon with another dominant performance to move on into the final. And I didn't have a bad week, but props to Jason. 154 in the semi, pulling it out. So it's going to be Brandon versus Jason. We'll start off with Brandon's matchup. Yeah, and same thing. We'll go through this pretty quick because it was such a dominated. I mean, if you... 146.5 to 72.54. That's So even if you double Jim's score, he still lost. That's so. crazy. Not quite as bad as that 54-point performance we saw in Group B, but not a good one. For sure. And look at this team for Brandon. Matt Stafford, DeAndre Swift, Kyron Williams, Mike Evans, Calvin Ridley, Travis Kelsey, Zeke, Derrick Henry, 49ers defense. When you consider Travis Kelsey was the lowest scorer on that group, and like, even though he's been struggling, I would still take Travis Kelsey every single day of the week. Um, that's a deep lineup. And also, another lineup playing four running backs and succeeding. Never would have expected that coming into this year. For sure. And he so has, he has Puka Nakua on the bench. The My, the rich get richer, man. Michael and Pittman Aaron on the Jones, bench. Michael Aaron Pittman. Jones, Brian Robinson, Ravens defense. Like I know luck. Brandon was showing some concerns. He's like, I don't know if I can do this with all these injuries and stuff. Like once he lost Brian Robinson and all of that, but the his bench is still super deep. Yeah. And let's take a look at the other matchup, uh, which was yours versus Jason. His 154 points. Man, I cannot get rid of that cough. Tyree Kill, <laughs> Sam Laporta, Jalen Waddle, which is probably not going to play this week. We'll talk about that more. Uh, Amra, St. Brown. Anything that really stuck out to you about your matchup here? I got Amari Cooper. Yeah, you did. I, I got Amari Cooper. That's literally... That's I was watching that game unfold in the early window and I was literally sitting there like, do I even have a chance anymore? It's not even like my team's performing awful. Like I obviously would have wished for more than 106. I was like, my goal is 120. That's normally a pretty solid week in this league. I wouldn't have stood a chance anyway because I got Amari Cooper. That you did. That's that's good to point out. And I actually don't hang on. Let's hasn't been announced yet. I know we're recording this right before the he game. is not playing on Thursday night. I know it was a game time decision and inactives haven't been announced officially. He, yet. I've gotten tweets that say he is not right in warmups and not going to play, but not officially, I guess. Yes. So we'll have to see is Jason have him in his lineup right now? Cause that could be Plus. a big, big thing. So let's just jump right into that. You know, I don't even care about the bench. You got Amari Cooper. I got Amari Cooper. It wasn't close. It's unfortunate. I didn't have a horrible week. Um, moving on to this week. So he does. He does have Amari Cooper in his lineup. Um, he's not going to play. Hopefully he is not working and going to change that. Uh, Jalen Waddle's probably not going to play uh, either. So he moves Tyree Kill up that wide receiver spot, throws in a Devin Singletary, and let's say is Amir White, and prays. Like, I don't – I think he got he got lucky with the Amari Cooper – and now he's yep. going to suffer from the injuries. Like, he'll get C.J. Stroud back this week. Uh, and you can't ever say anything for certain 
but uh, this seems like a lock for for Brandon, in my opinion. I mean, he is able to put in a couple of guys who are coming back from injury, too. I mean, he slotted in Puka Nakua, who wasn't injured, obviously, but, like, he's getting back Michael Pittman. Like, he's his team was already solid. It's gotten even a little bit better. Everyone else that's in the championship, I think there's a there's a Zeke Elliott in the championship in every league, if I'm not mistaken, and he's got the wealth of riches to not have to play him. So that already tells you. Yeah, and Pittman isn't 100% yet to go. We'll talk about that in a second as well. But he would uh, slot in Zeke. But he would slot in Zeke or Aaron Jones or Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Like, he it's, should be good. Brandon is, he was probably my favorite even if I got to the final. I was going to be like, you know, I'm an underdog. I hope I can pull it off. But I'm Brandon's team's been solid all year. I've been chasing him most of the season. I think my team is actually the highest scorer, but I've still been chasing him. So. Yeah. And Brandon is definitely the uh, having a great fantasy year. He's also in our championship of the league record. So, Brandon, if you only want to win the World Cup and not the league of record, that sounds good to me, bud. Playing against Cody and that, if you uh, did not get that little hint on the air there. Yeah, and Brandon's team is better than mine. So, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know how I made it in our league of record. I am just living on life. That I, I'm just happy to be here. I'm just here so I don't get fined, basically. <laughs> He's going for his second trophy there, but I think we can flip us back to our normal podcast background, get to some news. And the big news this this week is quarterbacks hitting the bench. Three big ones. Sam Howell has been benched by the commanders for Jacoby Brissett. Tommy DeVito, who was benched in the second half of last week's game for the Giants versus the Eagles, was benched for Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor will make the start this week. And then finally, Russell Wilson who I think we can talk about this one a little deeper. There's a little bit going on in this one. He has been benched in Denver for Jared Stidham. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Russell Wilson thing? I think we have to really dive deeper into that one. Yeah, so if you're not familiar, uh, Jared Stidham started at the end of last year for the Las Vegas Raiders because Derek Carr had a injury uh, guarantee. So if he got hurt, the money became guaranteed uh, if he wasn't able to pass his physical in March. Basically, Russell Wilson has the exact same thing. Coincidence that it'll be Jared Sidham again. Uh, and Russell Wilson is going to be benched. Now, there's been some mixed reports about, like, he's known this is coming. They approached him about this after they beat the Chiefs, uh, like, five weeks ago, I think that was at this point. That they were like, after hey. After they beat the Chiefs. <laughs> They're like, oh, you know, there's a chance we still get eliminated. Like, well, that just seems horrible. Well, they went to him and said, hey. If you don't waive this, you're going to get benched. Or if you don't push the deadline for it, you're going to get benched. Uh, basically, and there was there was reports before the Broncos went on that little bit of a run streak that they were already preparing to move on from Russell Wilson at the end of the season. So this move, uh, I know we've seen the stuff out there comparing his numbers to Patrick Mahomes and other quarterbacks. Like his numbers aren't that bad uh, for the season, a lot better than last year, but. It seems like the Broncos are already ready to move on despite giving up so much to get him. Uh, it doesn't seem like the fit has worked with him and Sean Payton. Uh, and it seems like Sean Payton's going to win out on this one. And Russell Wilson will most likely be playing with another team next year. Now, the interesting thing is when Der this happened to Derek Carr last year, he was basically allowed to leave the team. Mm -hmm. Russell Wilson is backup quarterback so if Stidham gets hurt Russell Wilson's going right back in which makes this whole dynamic a little bit more interesting 
It really does because I mean, how does that look to the team? Like, I get it. I think I don't know if they're officially eliminated or if it's just a they're very not light officially chance. eliminated. That's another thing there too. Like, I mean, good chance they're not making it, especially with how deep the AFC is and the fact that they couldn't pull off that game against the Patriots last week. But like, you're telling a team that's still in playoff contention that we're more worried about money. And we're going to move on from our starting quarterback to make sure we don't have to pay him a guarantees in his contract, as opposed to trying to keep that run going, go out there, win the last two games with a team that has been performing fairly well over the second half of the season. The reason they're in the position they are is because they had a very poor start, like Cody said, and then they've done things like beat the Chiefs and um, make that they had like a four game winning streak at some point, like. It looks horrible for the NFL to have ownership or GMs or whatever it is worrying more about these injury guarantees and these contracts to bench a star quarterback in a year that we already have a bunch of backup quarterbacks in. And the quality has been questionable at times, as we've said, like, you know, games are finishing close, but the quality of the game up to the end, end of the third quarter has been very mediocre. Um and then also, what is it sending to the players when it's like, you know, ownership's in it for the money. They're already making a lot of money regardless of what happens on the field just because of how many fans they have and everything else, how ingrained they are in culture, not even just in this country, but around the world at this point. Um, but now you're just seeing them worry about what is nickels and dimes to them and benching a star in this league over these couple million and, you know, injury guarantee in a contract as opposed to playing out a season with some dignity like you'll see in other leagues. Um, and I mean, maybe this has some, I, this doesn't have a situation to do with tanking, but I know there's been tanking talks in the NFL before and how other leagues like the NBA and the NHL do draft lotteries so that teams don't tank so that like, that's harder to do in a short season and in this kind of like a format, but in a sense, it almost feels the same way, but it's like in saving salary cap space as opposed to it's tanking, in salary cap space instead of tanking and wins and losses for the draft. Yeah. And, and I, and I hear you, I think one Russell Wilson's no longer a star in this league. Like I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback, but he's not a star. So I, I don't think there's well, there there. It's not like sitting a star player. They're sitting now. They paid him like a star player, but I don't think he is at that point, the way he's played the last two years. Also, I think despite the message to the team you lost to the Patriots last week in basically a game that almost eliminated you. You need a lot to go right. Like, I think even if they win this week, I believe it's still only like a 12% chance to make the playoffs because they need so much other stuff to happen. So basically they're saying last week was basically it for our, our season. Uh, we're going to get Jared Sidham in there. Now the, the interesting thing is, is like he still has guaranteed money to him coming next year. So there is still a chance he comes back because if he is cut next year, it's an $85 million cap hit. Like if if they didn't if they only going to keep like they didn't have to give him the contract extension that they gave him when they made this trade. Like that makes this so much more worse. So like it is very confusing and it seems like there's some more there's some definitely beef between him and Sean Payton that we're not seeing about. Do you remember, it wasn't last week against the Patriots, but the week before that, the clip's gone viral. But, like, they scored a touchdown, and Russell Wilson still got chewed out 
on the sideline yep. by Sean Payton. So that was like red flag number one. So there's definitely something there. Uh, and maybe it's just something they can't fix. And you traded multi, you traded first round picks for both the coach and the quarterbacks. So one's got to go. And it seems like Russell Wilson is the guy that's going to go before we move on. Cause we still have a lot of games to talk about and we are taking our good old time here on championship week. <laughs> Where does Russell Wilson play next year? Even if they trade him, that cap hit's still pretty big. If I'm not mistaken, I'm not the cap guy. It's kind of you. Well, so if they trade him, uh, it'll probably be post June 1st, which will lower the cap hit. Uh, for it, it'll be the, the cap hit is uh, only 35 million, and it'll be 85 dead million. So if they trade him, it'd be a little bit less than that. So it's still a decently high number, uh, but it is manageable. For in terms of what a quarterback is valued at. Interesting. I have a hard time pinpointing where exactly he's going to go without knowing how the draft's going to go, because I still feel like he, he could be a starter in this league after seeing the second half of this season. His stats are fairly solid. He's still been able to manage an offense once he kind of gets the system down. It hasn't been vintage Russell Wilson, but he's like, I think he's too good to be a backup at this point. Um, so he might go somewhere that needs a bridge quarterback. Um, Chicago, if they decide to move on from Justin Fields, for an example, they're like not that moving kind of on. Thing. Russell Wilson's no chance in Chicago. They're not moving on from Fields with the number one pick. All right, they might move on from Fields, but with the number one pick, they're taking Caleb Williams or Drake May, like Russell Wilson makes. But mm. I, I see what you're saying. Um, in the, uh, New England, uh, if they're moving on from Mac Jones, is another example, which I feel like they should be. Um, and probably will like that's another have, like, place where he pick. could yeah but like if, if he goes somewhere that like oh there's a team that maybe they win a couple of games end up with pick four um i mean I they think just Russell... hurt their draft, draft stock with that win last week like he could go somewhere be a bridge quarterback and then maybe not play the full season or he plays one season and that's it yeah i see i don't i don't see russell going anywhere he can't start i don't think he'll like where he's not guaranteed to quote unquote be the starter for the season. Like I don't think he'll go to New England if they're in position to take one of the top two quarterbacks. Uh maybe they're not. Maybe they, that win against the Broncos basically hurt them. I think he's if Bill Belichick doesn't leave, which I think that's kind of like the writing on the wall, New England mm -hmm. makes a little bit more sense. Like he wants a veteran guy in there over a rookie. Um I don't see that happening. The three teams I will give you uh one, the Atlanta Falcons. I've been on saying I think it's going to be Kyler Murray, but if it ends up being Russell Wilson, pair him with Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Bijan Robinson, get a veteran in there. They're, they've won too many games to be in the upper echelon for a quarterback. So the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the other team I would throw in there would be the Tennessee Titans. Similar situation. If they, like, this is not a, Will Levis has looked good. So I think they're going to go with Will Levis. Like I think, yeah, I think they're going to move on that train. But if they want to bring it back together, a Russell Wilson, a Derrick Henry, one more ride, DeAndre Hopkins, like they still have that veteran core. Like if they want to try to push that out a year or two, and they can bring him in on a relatively low contract, I could see the Tennessee Titans. I think they're a sleeper team in this conversation. Again, I think they're going to go with Will Levis but they are mm -hmm. a, a sleeper team in, in that one as well. And then you mentioned the, the Patriots. So I think those are kind of the three teams we're looking at. And the one other team 
is if is they don't, probably not. No. It all depends on do they want Russell Wilson or a quarterback coming off of an Achilles injury. And I'm not talking about the New York Jets. The You're Minnesota talking about Vikings, the Minnesota Vikings. Yep. Uh, that could be another interesting one. Which quarter? Which veteran quarterback do they want? The guy that's been there or the, that, but is coming off of a major injury or Russell Wilson. So those would be the Titans, Vikings, Falcons would be my top three at this moment. But I'm with you. I think we have to wait and see the draft play out. My sleeper I just thought of, and it's never going to happen, but I think would be a much better situation for them is the New York Giants. If they were just cut ties with Daniel Jones and take the cap hit and be able to get Russell Wilson in there. But again, I don't know if that makes sense because they don't really have the core, but it would be an improvement at the position for them. Yeah, and they're also right there battling with the uh, that upper echelon of picks to mm-hmm. so be getting a rookie as well. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. But you wanna you wanna get through these games quick? Well, let's do it. So as Cody said earlier, really heavy Sunday slate. But Monday Night Football is not on Monday night this week. There is no Monday game as it is College Football Central for bowl games. Saturday has Saturday Night Football, which is going to be on ESPN and ABC, similar to what Monday Night Football is. And it's a good one with the Detroit Lions and the Dallas Cowboys. Detroit is underdogs by five and a half and the over under at a juicy 53 and a half points. I mentioned earlier when we were looking at those World Cup matchups, this could be a shootout, and Vegas agrees. Yeah, I think this is a great matchup, great kickoff championship weekend. Uh, I'm just pretending the Thursday night game didn't happen unless you have the DST. You don't really care about those two teams anyways. Um, But this game, kicking it off, there's a lot of good in there. Uh, I think there's some traps. like CeeDee Lamb, Amra St. Brown, Jameer Gibbs, the locks in my lineups. Then David Montgomery and a Brandon Cooks would be like the next tier, uh, the quarterbacks too. You could play both them. They should be in my locks list. Uh, the one name I think is a trap is Tony Pollard. Uh, he has not been the most consistent running back. And the Lions defense has actually been really good against the run, but struggled in the past. So I think this would be a great game for Dak lamb jake ferguson brandon cooks where i think tony pollard might be a trap in a game where we see so many points uh as a as a game and i think the lions are going to try to limit their opportunities and run the ball so i like both jameer gibbs and david montgomery this week along with laporta and amra st brown the lions have really become a fantasy powerhouse over the last two years and it's really good to see um, and I'm sorry that uh, I know it's your division, Cody, but it's nice to see them win the division for the first time in 30 years. I want to say it was they see them the get NFC, that home playoff game. They won the NFC North for the first time since it's been the NFC North. That's absolutely crazy. I was born so, in 94. The last time they won a division was 93. So, yes, 30 years. I was right on that, right on the dot with that one. So and that was the NFC Central at the time when the Buccaneers were in their division. <laughs> which isn't even a central city anyway, which is funny, but you know, it was all weird in that weird, like teenage growing phase for the NFL. I feel like, I don't know they were actually around for a long time at that point, but um, 
yeah, so props to the Detroit fans out there. Um, I agree with you on what he said about uh, Tony Pollard. Like, he isn't in a great matchup, and he's been so wishy-washy. Like, and I've seen so many memes out there and Dallas fans commenting about, like, what did we do to deserve watching Tony Pollard not be able to get a walk-in touchdown from the two um, and get stopped, basically turned around and stopped at the half-yard line, and then watch Zeke hurtling over a guy to get into the end zone for the Patriots as he comes in for an injured Ramondre Stevenson. Like, honestly, if I looked at the two backs last year when they were both on Dallas, I would have totally expected the opposite. Tony Pollard looked like he had a lot of flash and Zeke looked like he was starting to slow down. And now you look at it flipped. Maybe it's a fresh back in a late, late in the season because he wasn't used much, but it looks completely flipped. Like maybe Zeke should have stayed in Dallas and Tony Pollard should have been on his way. No, I'm not. Let's not get crazy. Let's not get crazy right there. Let's let's not get crazy. And and don't like I'm saying he's a potential trap. Like there could be, this could be the game where they score 50 points and he's the guy that's under 10. Like that's what I'm saying here. But I'm not. That's saying, happened multiple times this year too. So it's not like it's a crazy statement. Right, because their defense will probably score. Like Bland will probably get a pick six because he already has enough. But he'll get another one. <laughs> you know the the Lions. They'll score some points. There'll be some big plays. Like it's going to be a fun game. Uh, and I know a lot of those over-unders 50 have not been the best for the season, but I feel like this is going to be a good one to kick off uh, the matchup. And I do want to just say one other thing. Their backup running back, uh, Rico Dwindle. Rico Dowdle. Dowdle, yeah. Seeing him remember his name. I was listening to the fantasy footballers, uh, as I tend to do sometimes, and one of them dropped a stat that him and Tony Pollard have, like, I don't remember if it was the same amount of production. I wish I would have wrote it down. Production in the red zone. I think that's what it was the same amount of production in the red zone. But uh, Rico has like 40 less opportunities. So like, wow, you mentioned the red zone being a really uh, rough time for Pollard. Uh, the good news is if I'm trying to play devil's advocate, this is the game where, you know, a screen pass goes 30 yards to the end zone or something like that. So he'll be touchdown dependent of anybody in this in this matchup where the other guys outside of the tight ends can probably get enough targets catches and attempts without scoring touchdown to still be a positive impact on your fantasy team that is true i didn't even think about the fact that he was such a home run hitter at the end of last season when he was breaking out so many 30 40 50 yard touchdowns that uh we kind of do forget that as it happens a little bit less in this season We'll see how that game goes and hopefully it leads off well for you guys. And then we move into the big Sunday window. Number one game in the one o'clock East window is another big one with the potential game for the number one seed in the AFC between the Miami Dolphins and the Baltimore Ravens Ravens at home and favored by three points. And the over under on this one is at 47. Uh, Cody mentioned a little bit earlier about injuries on the Dolphins as they've been dealing with a lot of them this season, but Raheem Mostert, DNP on Thursday. Uh, he's been not participating a lot, so there's still a chance he's good. His backfield mate, Devon Achan, is, went from DNP to limited. He'll probably go. Tyreek Hill, DNP to limited. He is probably going to go as well, but keep an eye out. But Jalen Waddell, DNP on Thursday, didn't is not expected to play. So we're flipping from how we were two weeks ago when we had Waddle and not Hill. Now it looks like we're going to have Hill and not Waddle. Yeah, and uh, I think that stinks against this Ravens matchup. Like, this game could be a shootout. It could be a low-scoring game. Sim like, this game could go very similar to how the Christmas game 
went between the Dolphins and the Cowboys. A little bit lower scoring, mm-hmm. both teams just mid-20s, field goal wins the game. Would not be surprised by that, especially with the Ravens not having Zay Flowers. Uh, he's really become the number one guy there in Baltimore. Uh, not He hasn't practiced, doesn't sound like he's going to play. He could. He's still a game-time decision, though, so keep an eye on that one. Uh, the running back room is – like there's – with Waddle not playing – and the status of the running backs and question marks, like, and no flowers. Like, this is a good matchup, but it's not a great fantasy matchup because there are not a ton of options that you want to play. Of course, you're still going to play Lamar Jackson. Uh, you probably don't want to play Tua this week. Obviously, you're still going to play Tyreek Hill, but even though he's a little bit banged up. But the running backs to the Ravens, it's, you know, Gus Edwards is so touchdown dependent. Isaiah likely has looked decent, but like, there is not a ton of great matchups for fantasy compared to the game we just talked about. The Ravens have been cruising and they're probably at this point after being San Francisco considered the best team in the league, at least currently, but it's amazing how they haven't really had the boom fantasy players. Gus Edwards had the stretch when he was, uh, you know, going through all of those touchdowns, but like he was never super great. We were hoping for Keaton Mitchell until he had that unfortunate knee injury. He was so explosive but like OBJ has been very up and down. Zay Flowers has been the best in that, you know, wide receiver room. And he's been solid, but like flex option basically at best. Um, we are missing Mark Andrews. Like you said, Isaiah likely has been okay. It's been mostly Lamar. And you're looking at the Ravens. Like he's the only guy you've been able to consistently start week in and week out and been like, yeah, this is setting my lineup. So it's kind of amazing how much they are spreading the ball out that you've been this dominant of an offense and not had a great fantasy weapons for sure two things i want to say uh you mentioned potentially for the number one seed so the dolphins if they win the game they're pretty much locked for the one seat they it could still shift depending on how the following week but they're pretty much locked if they lose and buffalo wins they'll play for the division so we could see somebody go for at least they're in the playoffs unlike somebody in our league of record sorry to bring that up uh they could go either the one seed all the way down to a wild card game over the next two weeks. So they have the most to gain and the most to lose pretty much of any team left, uh, especially on the AFC side where nothing is like teams have locked in the playoffs, but seeding is not compared to the NFC where it's basically the top three teams division winners are already locked. We're just trying to figure out the wild card teams. Uh, so, and then the other thing I wanted to mention about this game is escaping me so that is a great way to start on the podcast so no sorry i want to touch running backs in this game just a little bit more because it could end up being nolan void if mostert goes and you have mostert and achan both in but good solid dfs play if one or both of those miss is jeff wilson because he's been mixed in like recently anyway um and if there's going to be extra carries out there for him i like him as a dfs play i don't really like him as a redraft play though not a bad option. And I remember my question, and I we'll talk more about this in two weeks once the season wraps up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do you think Lamar Jackson is the now the front runner for MVP after his game on Sunday? Um, if it's a quarterback award, yes. I think it's got to be CMC at this point. But I CMC don't or think it's going to CMC or Hill. They should be one, two. But they're That's not right. because it's a quarterback award. But I, I think out of people who deserve it, it's CMC and Hill. I I tend to agree with you, but we'll debate that in two weeks. Speaking of CMC, let's talk about his matchup real quick. And I don't think we need to spend a ton of time 
on the 49ers at the Commanders. Now, it is a West Coast team coming east at 1 o'clock. Don't think that truly matters this week. Over under is 50 points, which you might be like, 50 points? Commanders, 49ers? That's 49ers high. are 40 of them. Well, the 49ers are favored by 12 and a half. <laughs> so they're basically saying that the 49ers are going to put up 30, 35, and maybe they'll get 15. Like, yeah, that's not the exact math, but it's something similar to that. So the 49ers are going to play them. Is there a commander that you want to play, especially with Sam Howe getting benched? Do you think that helps McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Logan Thomas? But, like, do you still want to play them against the 49ers? Well, someone in the World Cup's playing Logan Thomas, but I'm trying not to. Me neither. I'm not trying to play him either. <laughs> no, I don't I don't know of anybody on Washington I want to play. Throw a kicker in there, maybe. I don't know. Who's their kicker? Man, I don't know. Joey Sly, I think, still. I don't know. I don't want to play him. Also worth noting, uh, their rookie running back Rodriguez, uh, who I don't know if we told you about that or if we got that intel after the show last week. After, after, but a good DFS play, and he actually scored a touchdown. Looks pretty. He's good. not a good DFS play. He hit injured reserve today. That's what I was gonna say. I was yeah. Okay. Good. He was a good DFS play last week, and he at JR. It's okay. You just want. It sounded like you said it. He is a good DFS play this week. I misunderstood you. I just wouldn't want to get you to let you get too far. My bad. No, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> but that's enough for for that matchup. You're good to move on? I'm good to move on. Why don't we talk some Las Vegas Raiders coming east to the Indianapolis Colts. Raiders underdogs by three and a half, and the over-under is 43 and a half. Um, Colts have the potential to get Zach Moss back, limited participant, and it looks good for Michael Pittman, as we mentioned earlier. He goes from limited to full on Thursday. Good to see Pittman back for your fantasy teams if you did get to the championship round without him. Um, as we know, he was actually a late scratch last week, too. They thought he was going to go and then had relapsed concussion symptoms on the trip to their away game. A little bit sketchy there, but hopefully he has actually recovered from his concussion this time. Yeah, but you have to monitor it because his situation is so up and down. And uh, if he goes, I I like playing. Like, I still think he plays him. Like, this offense needs him to be functional, like, without him. Uh the Colts got blown out by the Falcons, essentially. Like, it wasn't a yep. true blowout, but it wasn't pretty. Uh, if he doesn't go, uh, I think the Raiders' DST might be the stream of the week. Like, I don't think this Colts offense will be very good. The Raiders' DST is actually the fourth overall defense, which is very surprising to me when I realized that. But they are the fourth overall defense. They have been the hot – or I don't know. It's, they have allowed the least amount of points since Antonio Pierce has taken over. So uh, this That's Raiders' impressive. defense has been good. Uh Hopefully they don't make the same mistake twice and not hire their interim head coach. Uh, I think he's earned that role, but that's a conversation for the offseason. And then Josh Jacobs is DNP again, not looking good. Now he might try to go on Sunday, but what are your – so Josh Jacobs, let's say he doesn't practice Friday, but ends up suiting up on Sunday. Are you going to give me any like they give us an inkling that he's going to be limited or we hear nothing? Yeah, they worked him out before pregame, and he's going to give it a go. I think at that point, I don't want to play either him or Zamir White. Okay. That was my question. Do you still play him? Do you still roll with Zamir White? You have to pick one. If you if you have to pick one, I think you have to make it straight cut. If Jacobs plays, you play him. If he doesn't go, you play White. Uh-huh. Um, if you have to pick one. If you don't have to pick one... And you have that sketchy Jacobs doesn't participate all week and gives it a shot. I don't like playing either. 
Gotcha. Sounds good. And the Colts are the sixth ranked DST. So this over under a 43 and a half uh, in terms of how good they are. For, might be a little high. We'll have to yeah. wait and see. Uh, but I do like the Raiders plus three and a half. Maybe get that now too while we wait to see if Michael Pittman is truly a go. Next matchup on the docket, if you're good to move on, would be the L.A. Rams and the New York Giants. Um, Giants underdogs by five and a half. This over-under is at 44. Giants injury report looking good. Darren Waller limited to full. Saquon Barkley limited to full. You know, they're both just dealing with getting banged up a little bit, but there are no significant new injuries in that one. We did also mention that Tommy DeVito got benched for Tyrod Taylor. Taylor did lead a little bit of a comeback against the Eagles in the second half last week, but could not quite get the victory. And the Rams. Now, this might sound crazy if you haven't watched a lot of the Rams, but they probably are third or fourth best team in the NFC right now. They're hot right now. They're playing some good football. They're probably fifth, but... Who I else are you throwing saying. in there? So you got Eagles, 49ers, Cowboys. Who else is up there? Lions. Detroit? Yeah. Okay. Fine. Um, no, but I think they're, they're five and one in the last uh, six games, I believe it is. In that time, they have given up the least amount of points to running back. So, again, Saquon Barkley had a really nice day against the Eagles. Might be a little bit of a trap. Obviously, at this point, you're not start sitting Saquon Barkley. It is a West Coast team coming east at one o'clock. Keep that in mind. So sometimes they start a little bit slow. Um, this offense has been really effective uh, with Kyron, uh, Puka, Cooper, and Stafford all in the field. Uh, one of the most efficient offenses. Kyron Williams is number two in the NFL in rushing despite missing the four games. Like this Rams team is really coming on strong. And I, I'm like, they're the team that nobody wants to face in the playoffs, and I think they're going to be the favorites over whichever NFC South team wins it because they're most likely – well, they're not going to be the five seed. because They're not going to be the five. That's going to be Dallas, yeah. So they're going to play Detroit or Philly, whoever ends up in three most likely. Yeah, so – or there is actually a chance that just because of tiebreakers, uh, they end up in the seventh seed if it's Green Bay six because Green Bay beat them before they went on their run. Uh, So that is – the NFC is a mess with the – not as bad oh as the AFC, gosh, yeah. but the whole playoffs is a mess. And this is exactly what the NFL did when they added the seventh, the seventh uh, team. They made it much more chaotic because we're like in week sixteen, and I think twenty-four teams are still, or weeks going into week seventeen. And I think twenty-four teams are still playoff eligible. So, mm-hmm. in a year it, where I'm pretty sure five wins has you at like the fourth overall draft pick right now, so it's like the disparity is really good too. Yeah, it it's, and we have teams like uh, the Vikings, the Packers, the Rams. If you want to include them, the Falcons, Saints, Buck Falcons, Saints, Buccaneers. Like they're all competing for that champion, uh, the the division. They all could have a top seven pick too, depending on how this plays out. Like it is very crazy, and the NFL is getting exactly what they wanted. Numbers and ratings are still good. They dominated the NBA on Christmas, which is typically the NBA's day this past year. Uh, so a lot of good things, but in this matchup, I mean, a- anyone outside of S- Saquon, you're going to play. And I like Darren Waller as a play this week with Tyrod Taylor. I think he's, but none of the wide receivers I, I can trust. 
Did we play this game with you on the show or was that with uh, the two Tylers with me? Like name three Giants wide receivers. Three Giants wide receivers. Uh, Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins, and Wondell Robinson. Is he still on the team? Who? Is Darius Slayton still on the team? If he is, congratulations. I think you, uh, Darius Slayton. Yeah, he's still on the team. He's probably leading the team. in. Re- okay, well, there you go. I gotta look it up. <laughs> No, but like seriously, like that the fact that it's like that hard to do. I mean, you actually made it sound pretty easy. If I had to name you have you name a fourth, I feel like it'd be harder. Jalen Hyatt. But um this guy. Trying to just show me up. But it, there's Campbell. no one I want to play. Paris Campbell. You're looking up the depth chart now. Now I am. But yeah, yeah Slayton's exactly. still their starters, and Sterling Shepard is the other guy. So and Sterling Shepard has been non-existent, if I'm not mistaken. It feels like it, at least. But not playing any Giants wide receivers. I'm okay with playing Waller if you're in the bucket at tight end. And Saquon Barkley has to stay in your lineup just because he's Saquon Barkley. But I do want to temper expectations there. Rams, play all your guys. There's so many of them. You might even be able to play Demarcus Robinson if you're in a deep league or a dynasty. We just saw Demarcus Robinson go off again. So, so I'm, I'm glad you brought him because I wanted to talk about him. And I almost completely forgot about Demarcus Robinson because I picked him up this past week because I have Pittman and Christian Watson in my league of record team. And both Mm -hmm. of them are questionable if they're going to play or not. So I'm like, well, I might need a wide receiver. Um, But I wanted to talk about Demarcus Robinson because he had a big game against the saints last week. Uh, And actually in half point PPR scoring, uh, I believe he has four straight weeks of 12 or more points. Yep. Okay. But in three of those games, it's been four or less targets. Like, he's clearly the third option. He he has a touchdown in four straight weeks, and his highest point per total was last week was 17. But he has a 13 to 12. So what numbers, was your target stat? I'm sorry. He has four, three, two, and six. I said three of the last four, it's four or less. You're looking at receptions. So targets 5, 10, 3, and 6. Oh, sorry, catches. You're right. So, yeah, you're looking at catches. I mean, not what oh. you really love to see when you're talking about targets, but five or more could make him a flex potential play. I don't love it either because, yeah, he is third option, clearly third option behind Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. Right. But the, the man's just been efficient. But when does the touchdown streak end? Because before that, he had – Two points, three points, two points, and didn't even play until week nine. Like, mm-hmm. at some point, he's not going to catch a touchdown, and I don't know if I would risk that as my flex play championship. When weekend. when Cup was back in the lineup, those couple of weeks between when Demarcus Robinson broke out and uh, you know when he was the like, Cup was out of line, whatever. Um, how confident were you playing Tutu Atwell in that stretch? I never thought about it. Okay. That kind of tells me where you personally should be on Demarcus Robinson because, I mean, maybe he's getting a couple extra targets than Tutu Atwell was, but he's taken over that role. Yeah, but so he, he's he been more productive with the, that role. You, you brought up Tutu Atwell. Um, he's been more productive. And I will say the one thing about the Rams is the Rams play a ton of 11 personnel, which is three wide receivers, a tight end, and a running back. And those three wide receivers play a ton. They're not a five, six man deep. Like those guys play a lot of snaps. So that's why Demarcus Robinson can be so 
you know, tempting in a, in a play. I'm not going to chase the 17 points from last week, the four straight weeks of a touchdown, hoping he makes it a fifth straight week in a game that they're probably going to be up early or it's going to be a lower scoring game because they're coming all the way from the West Coast East. And Kyron Williams, love him. Puka, love him. Cooper would play him. Matt Stafford, you could even stream him this week. Demarcus, yep. I would, I'm not playing him. All righty. Uh, I think we can move on. Keep it moving here as we're getting a little bit long already. New England Patriots, Buffalo Bills, divisional matchup. Uh, not a lot to talk about here is the Patriots underdogs by 13 over under at 40. As we mentioned earlier, Rondre Stevenson on injured reserve. Zeke did not participate on Thursday, but it was with an illness. So he'll hopefully be good to go by the weekend and could go in your lineups if you need it. As I think the only Patriot I really trust, unless you want to take a bucket shot on Hunter Henry and see if he'll score his two touchdowns this week. Um, I'm assuming that is Hunter Henry as a limited participant in practice, but I think he's going to be good to go. Anything else on the Patriots side? Move on to the Bills. No, just if we're betting, I would take the points. It's divisional, 12 and a half. Patriots won the first matchup. Like, yeah. Granted, that was in New England. This is in Buffalo. Uh, but that's the thing to me. The points is the thing that sticks out the most to me. And another question I want to ask you. Uh, I know mm-hmm. we're talking about the Patriots, but I'll tr- transition into the Buffalo Bills. And uh, Stefan Diggs, are you concerned? Uh, depends on what you mean by concerned. Cause like I've been concerned about Stefan Diggs for three years. <laughs> so the reason I asked that is because I heard a, someone do start sit. Uh, I think it was the fantasy footballers, but it might've been someone else on TikTok. Uh David and Joku or mm-hmm. Stefan Diggs. And they went David and Joku, <laughs> which I was like, well, hang on. Let me go look at his stats. David well, Joku has been really good <laughs> since week 10. He has one game over five points. What? Like that. Now that's standard scoring. It's a little bit better. Uh, it's one game over or 6.8 points in half point PPR since week 10. Like that's how bad Stefan Diggs has been in terms of fantasy. Like he's still seeing like five, eight, 11, 11, five and eight. Those are his targets. Four, six, four, four, five. Those are his catches. He is not getting in the end zone. It's not those big plays. Like, it's tough. Like, you probably didn't make the, the fantasy championship with Stephon Diggs. We had the Couch GMs World Cup earlier, and not one team had Stephon Diggs. Like, I think that's a, a pretty good correlation. But if you're, you know, playing for a championship, or maybe you're playing for, I don't want to have to sit in a Waffle House for 24 hours. Uh, should I play Stephon Diggs? Like, I don't know if you do it. Like, he's he's the guy, like, I'd hate to lose with him on my bench. But we're talking multiple weeks now of pretty big inconsistency and the New England Patriots being divisional. And say what you want about them. They are still the best team, a.k.a. Bill Belichick, at taking away your number one option. That's very true. And he is still their number one option, despite them him not really producing lately. So he would be the number one guy that you would think Bill Belichick would take away. I was going to say, no, you're crazy until I started hearing some of those stats. And I mean, and you're comparing it to David Njoku specifically. David Njoku has been an absolute star with Joe Flacco at quarterback. Never thought I'd say that that sentence any time in my life, but 
Um, I think you don't force him out of your lineup, but if you're in a situation where like you added Puka Nakua, for example, near the beginning of the year, you have a deep wide receiver room because of that. So you have the four guys you're kind of rotating through. Maybe he becomes your odd man out. Um, All right. I'm going to ask you a few just to okay shake it up. Uh, ride the hot street with Demarcus Robinson or play Stephon Diggs? I'm thinking I'm playing Stephon Diggs. Okay. I, I, I mean, it, I would, it would, my mind tells me to pick Demarcus Robinson in that situation, but actually doing that in my lineup is a completely different conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacoby Myers or Stephon Diggs? Jacoby Myers was against the Colts. I might go Jacoby Myers. All right. Uh, Terry McLaurin or Stephon Diggs? Stephon Diggs. Okay. Terry McLaurin's been doing cardio for like the second half of the season. Yeah, but he uh, he got some targets. One and there's a quarterback change. Cordio. Uh, I just don't Beckham like Harry McLaurin either. Or Stephon Diggs. I have a feeling even if there's no Zay Flowers, it's not going to be a big Odell Beckham game. Um, so I'm going Stephon Diggs. All right. Interesting. That was fun. Uh, other bills that you can play, though, James Cook. I know it wasn't as good as against Dallas last week, but you can be in your lineup. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's it. I'm yeah. out on Dalton Cade, too. And you're playing Josh Allen, but that's fine. Right. Yeah. And if if you're not out on Dalton Kincaid, let me t- tell you why you need to be out on Dalton Kincaid. One, Dawson Knox is back. And two, I'm going to not find his name right here. Uh, I think he has like two points the last two weeks since Dawson Knox has been back. Uh, Dawson Knox was in the end zone or playing more in the red zone. Like he, he's very like disappointing. The... All right. So I oh, hope that's standard. People, I got to do half point PPR because that's that's a better average. Uh, so last week, 1.2, goose egg, 4.6, 6.3, 7.6. So he hasn't broken uh, 10 points since he had that four straight weeks from seven through 10. So Dalton Kincaid is a guy we thought was going to be, you know, the next tight end. Dawson Knox is back. Move on from Dalton Kincaid. So unfortunate because we thought, like I said, it was going to be the next guy, and he's more talented than Dawson Knox. And we'll see how that works out in the future years, too. Uh, Long game for Dalton Kincaid. Another divisional matchup on deck here. We got the Tennessee Titans and the Houston Texans. CJ Stroud looking like he's going to be back from his concussion. He had media availability on Thursday, which is the first time since he was in concussion protocol. Limited to full participant. Nico Collins also looking good. Limited to full. Noah Brown limited participant. I'm not touching Noah Brown now that we're seeing uh, Nico Collins back. He's been way too up and down, but... uh. If you want to take a flyer to DFS, sure, go ahead. Um, Titans side, Will Levis, full participant. I believe he's getting slotted right back into the starting role after Ryan Tannehill took over for one week with the injury to Levis. Um, is it pretty much the normal suspects in this game? Anyone specifically you want to talk about? Are you concerned? Because these teams just played two weeks ago, so they're one mm-hmm. of those two times in three weeks. Derrick Henry had, I think, 13 yards. I don't have the numbers, but something like that. In their last matchup, any concerns with Derrick Henry? If you've gotten to your fantasy championship with him, um, number one, I don't think you did. So send me a screenshot. Number two, congratulations. 
I think that uh, someone in the World Cup had Derrick Henry. I think it might be Brandon. Yeah, it might be Brandon. You're right. Yeah, because it ended up being like his running back four or something. Um, yeah, so I'm wrong. But anyway, I think you have to keep rolling with him just because, you know, the big game is one, you know, one big long run away. And normally against Houston, like he puts up 150 plus yards. That was the first time I think in his career that he hadn't put up 100 yards against Houston or something similar. I mean, I'm not counting the games that he would have been like RB2 early in his career or something like that. But the man was on a mean streak against Houston. He was due for a bad one. I think there's a better chance that he comes back and has a good game as opposed to having another 13-yard performance. Yeah, and uh, I know DeAndre Hopkins has been pretty disappointing the last couple days or weeks as well. Um, If he does it, so, and then Chig had the really big day for the Titans last week in their matchup. And I know he was one of the top waiver wire ads. Tight end is is a crapshoot already. I would have to say, if Levis goes, I'm taking Chig back on my lineup, and I, I would be okay playing Hopkins as my flex. But if they like want to be extra cautious with Levis and let him sit one more week and they put Tannehill back in, I'm taking Hopkins out of my lineup, and I'd be okay playing Chig. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it there. Um, and hopefully next year, I mean, we'll look ahead. Like, Levis can start getting more of a, you know, rapport with Chig on Conquo. And we can have another good tight end in the mix because he had a lot of upside hype coming into the year and it hasn't really shown. Um, but I think that's a good way to wrap that up. Cool. Cool. So let's talk about your second favorite team, Philadelphia Eagles, as they host the Arizona Cardinals. Yet again, West Coast team coming east. Why any of these games couldn't be played at 425. And we could have had a, you know, better than a 10-3 split. They don't, <laughs> do they even have a 10 box on red zone? They're going to make one. But no, better. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what the word the would be box. for because it's Octobox for eight. It would be I don't even know what the word for deco. ten is. Deco box. We got yeah. a deco box coming. <laughs> uh, anyway, I think it's deco. I'm gonna look that up later while you're talking. Right. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, eleven point underdogs against the Eagles. Over under forty eight and a half. Another one they're expecting the Eagles. The Eagles got a big win against the Giants last week. They're expecting their offense to continue. Um, now Kyler Murray was DNP on Thursday with an illness. That's something to monitor. Um, and then Hollywood Brown has been DNP, not expected to play. The Eagles have like three people on their injury report. It's kind of disgusting compared to some of these other teams of how healthy they are at the moment. Uh, Eagles, I think you can play them all, but I think this is going to be a big DeAndre Swift week. Uh, this Cardinals defense is not very good. Uh, it's stopping the run at all. So like DeAndre Swift, if you have him in your championship, uh, he could be a league winner. I'm not going to say he's going to go full Amari Cooper on you and get you 46 points, uh, but I think you know 20 to 25 points is definitely a high probability for DeAndre Swift. Doesn't fall at the one this week. Yeah, no, and there's there's a lot of internal issues with the Eagles right now. Um, first off, before I get into that, did you hear the uh, crowd chanting to run the ball with the lead last week, and they kept throwing it, and they were booing, and then they ran the ball with Gainwell, and he got about 20 yards, and everyone just, like, standing ovation? Yeah, there's a lot of drama <laughs> going around the Eagles for, and I think, I think once they get to the playoffs, I think it'll be okay. Like, I think mm-hmm. this team is, I don't want to say coasting, like, I don't ever want to accuse the team of coasting. But I think they've got they fell into the trap of oh we're eleven and one, we're going back to the playoffs, and then they kind of got a little lackadaisical, and now they've gotten a little bit of a kick in the butt, and I think was it good for them, and they're gonna 
I think they'll be fine once we get to the playoffs. Uh, you know, but speaking of running backs, uh, the one area where the Eagles have also been struggling, struggling, especially the last six to eight weeks or so, is giving up points to the running backs. So I mentioned DeAndre Swift having a good game. James Conner, uh, I think, will also have a good game. And maybe that over-under is a little bit too high because a lot all the running that's going to be happening between these two teams. Yeah, that's true. I like the under. Um, I mean, because in general, the Eagles don't do well against the run. They do better against the pass. And some of these young pieces in their secondary have been pretty good the last few weeks. So they probably can hold down the passing attack with what Rondale Moore and Michael Wilson and I don't know, like those guys. I think that it's Trey McBride. It's the only person you care about for the Cardinals. Yes, exactly. You're right. When it comes to fantasy, it's Trey McBride and James Conner, who I think when he has been playing, I know he was at a stint on injured reserve, has been one of the most underrated and forgotten about fantasy running backs in the league. Because I think even with his four or five weeks on the in, on injured reserve, he's still a top 20 running back. And he just continues to put up 15 plus points pretty much every single week. So I'm with you. I love the James Conner play. He's been a sleeper for a lot of teams. And I'm sure there's a lot of teams that are going to be going into a fantasy championship and be like, ah, my opponent's RB2 is James Conner. I think I'm okay. Mm, not necessarily. Yeah, I like the I like the running backs a lot in this matchup, but you're still playing Hertz, you're still playing Brown, Smith, Goddard, you're still playing all those because this Cardinals team is not very good. Next matchup, Saints, Buccaneers. Unfortunately, no Marshawn Lattimore, so that's a good news for Darn. Mike Evans. Uh, plus two and a half points for the Saints, so they're the underdogs. Over under 4-3, Olave's been limited. He was a little bit banged up, but he played through on Thursday, expecting to go this past week. Um, I mean, this one is pretty much straightforward to me. Like, I know it's divisional, but it's like, I know Kamara had a bad week against the Rams. Buccaneers are, are pretty good against the run, but I'd still play Kamara, Olave, um, and then on the Buccaneers side, I'd play Rashad White and Mike Evans. Like, there's not a ton of guys I'd play from these teams either. Uh, DFS, though, uh, I'll shout out uh, Rashid Shahid, 82% of snaps last week. Could have been a little bit with the Olave banged up, but if you needed someone on DFS, the Buccaneers are prone to giving up yards through the air. So don't mind that at all. We need to go make some DFS lineups and put them out there to the world and see how we can do. Next, we next gonna... week. I, next week yeah next week we don't, we're not going to talk about fantasy as much next week we're only going to talk about dfs because i don't want to help people win fantasy championships in week 18 you shouldn't be playing them then we'll hit some dfs and we'll talk about some playoff scenarios for the actual nfl we'll do that next week try to make this show a little bit shorter than the hour and 10 minutes we're already in but here we go falcons bears falcons underdogs by three over under at 38 my man cole Komet did not participate in practice um, he's been decent, but nothing really super amazing. Um, DJ Moore. Do you like any of the Bears running backs? They've kind of been interesting no, to think about. Not in this this matchup. The the Falcons are pretty good against the run, and they're a three headed monster. I know Khalil Herbert had the really big day last week, but he played the Cardinals. I just talked about how uh we can you know kind of not take anything against them but they're not good against the run. So, uh, but no, with Deontay Foreman, Roshan Johnson, Khalil Herbert, it's too hard to predict on which guy is going to get the quarterback. And I love that you said he's been decent uh, tight end six on the season 
Kokomet. Every tight end minus outside of tight end four has been decent, but it's just because the tight end position stinks. Okay. Did you know Whatever. Travis Kelsey, despite his down year in half point PPR scoring, is still averaging. He doesn't have the most points, but he's still averaging the most points per game because he had missed a couple games. Oh. He's still averaging 12.1 fantasy points per game, which is the most of all tight ends. So, more so you know. Taylor Swift is not affecting him as much as we expected. He's just not having, he's just not the top scorer, and he's not like 12 points is a, a down week for Travis Kelsey the last three years. And that's what he's it's true. And we drafted him in the mid to top half of the first round instead of the end of the first round, beginning of the second. So the expectations were higher. Gotcha there. Um, Falcons, the decent team that is a fantasy wasteland. Is there anybody outside of Bijan who is a very big question mark? No, and I think Bijan's even a question mark. Like they still love to get Algier and Patterson involved. Like Algier had the touchdown and the attempts last week. Like mm-hmm. I don't like anyone on the Falcons. No. If you end up having to play Bijan and hoping he might be better for like hopefully you get the opportunity and is being better than some other options, but maybe you went out there and got a Zeke and you have an option to play him instead, that might be a better way to go. Yeah, um, I mean Bijan is still, you know, running back twelve on the season, so he's still a top quarterback. Like I'd still play him. Uh he did have twelve points last week, so it wasn't terrible. He had negative points the week before, so that's just kind of been the Bijan train. Uh yep. I kind of just ended my thought there. I apologize. Okay, cool. Now, we have one more game in the 1 o'clock window. We got to keep it moving with the Carolina Panthers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Jaguars look like they're going to be on a backup quarterback again as Trevor Lawrence was DMP with his right shoulder injury. CJ Beathard, full participant with his left shoulder injury. Uh, so he would be the starter if Lawrence doesn't go. And Zay Jones, limited participant in practice. Panther side of the ball. Chuba Hubbard, limited. Miles Sanders, full. Don't really love playing either of them anyway. I'd play Chuba. Um, because Chuba Hubbard's usually the guy. If he goes, I'm playing Chuba Hubbard. This is a great matchup. And he's the only one? Yeah. If he doesn't go, I'd probably, yeah. I think you could sneakily put Sanders in there uh, just because he'll be the guy. I mean, Blackshear will get some carries, but Hubbard, with if Hubbard's in and I expect him to be in, I think they're just being limited. I like him this week. I think he could be a sleeper solid championship winning quarterback running back this week. I mean, I guess the game should be closer. Yeah. With Beathard in instead of Trevor Lawrence, you might hope that it would be a blowout, but the Jaguars have been struggling lately. So, all right. I like that once. And then Jaguars side, um, (laughs) Calvin Ridley, the interesting case of Calvin Ridley. If Lawrence goes, you can play him. But if not, I'm not rolling them out there. So that would leave a potential bucket shot for Evan Ingram and then Travis Etienne's in your lineup. Yeah. But this Panthers not defense. exciting is, as we expected it to be. This yeah, this Panthers defense, despite their terrible record, is uh, not the worst. You get more through the the on the ground, which is why I like Etienne. Uh, but they are actually a pretty good pass defense, so not great for the pass catchers, especially with no Trevor Lawrence. Yep. And we will see what Calvin Ridley can pull off. If you do end up having to have him go, we're in the four o'clock window finally. And we're starting it off with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Seattle Seahawks. 
Pittsburgh only underdogs by three and a half as they continue their push towards a another winning season with Mike Tomlin. And he one more win to lock that up as they are eight and seven currently over under in this game, 41. And they are starting Mason Rudolph trying to keep the spirit of Christmas alive as they move into New Year's weekend. I, I know that there was a chance that they could make a quarterback change this week. Does Mason Rudolph get the start because of how well he played against the Bengals? Yeah. I mean, Kenny Pickett is still battling injury, um, but Tom came out and said he's going to ride the hot hand and let Mason Rudolph start again this week. Now, a lot of his success last week came on big plays created by George Pickens, so that'll be hard to replicate this week. This should actually be a really good matchup. I feel like the Seahawks are a good team, but they always play in close games, uh, and they're interesting. So I, I think this will be one of the better matchups in the 4 o'clock window, which they don't have a lot of competition because there's only three games. Yes, and one of them is not particularly fantastic, and the other one's just intriguing. Um, so... Yeah, so I you do you want to roll out Kenny? I mean, sorry, no, uh, George Pickens, the other Pickett, Pickens, Pickens, um, after last week's game, or you think that was a flash in the pan? Um, he's been pretty inconsistent, but with Mason Rudolph, I think I would play him. Uh, and not Deontay Johnson. Probably not. I I, I haven't Deontay Johnson. I feel like hasn't been the guy this year at all. So like. He's been pretty pretty poor in terms of, of fantasy. So I think I would just go with Pickens. Don't love it. Uh, I feel about as confident with him as I do Stephon Diggs. So we'll just put it that, which is crazy to say, but still. That, <laughs> normally that means a good thing, but not in this case. Correct. Uh, Steelers running backs, do you like Najee? Uh, speaking of Najee, I, he is a little banged up, but they don't like – it's the Seahawks and the Steelers. So, like, I don't know if that Wednesday was just a rest or – whatnot because they don't like to post their injury report so uh yeah. but uh Najee probably not probably not him or Warren I'm probably only playing DK Ken Walker if he goes and Pickens as a flex if I needed him this week intriguing game on the score sheet not a huge game in terms of fantasy relevance so Move on to a game that might have some fantasy relevance and is a very intriguing game between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs. At Burrowhead. At Burrowhead without Burrow, with Jake Browning going, who's looking to rebound after his really solid stretch of games and then the fell flat on his face last week. Um, Jamar Chase DNP to limited. That would be huge to get back Jamar Chase. You saw they missed him. T. Higgins did all he could. But it was not enough last week against the Steelers. So getting Jamar Chance, Jamar Chase back could be huge for that Bengals offense to get back on track. Yeah, but let's not sleep on this Chiefs defense. I know they lost on Christmas Day, but they uh, they didn't give up a touchdown and lost. Well, maybe they gave yeah up they gave up touchdowns on offense. Right on offense, they gave up touchdowns. The defense scored twice in back to back plays, basically or literally. Uh, but they lost by six and their offense gave up 14. Like that's this chief's defense is playing pretty good. Um, so you're probably still going to roll out Joe Mixon, uh, chase. If he goes like, you'll probably play him T 
Higgins after that week, you'd probably play him, but just know it might not be a good day for your Bengals on the Chiefs side. Uh, Kelsey, uh, the Bengals are like 31st, I believe, against tight ends. So, like, if you made it with Travis Kelsey, like Brandon <laughs> did in the World Cup, he's gonna reward you this week. Uh, as at least we know, hope, at least we hope. And then, uh, the one thing you are looking at is I, Isaiah Pacheco. Back-to-back DMPs with a concussion uh, after he got kneed in the back of the head because his helmet flew off. So CEH could be a decent play this week as the starter and Jarek McKinnon on IR. But on Thursday, CEH was a DMP with an illness on uh, Thursday, which leaves only Michael P. Ryan on their (laughs) roster at the moment so oh it's not samaj p ryan the future star of the league samaj p ryan it's the other one correct it's the michael <sighs> samaj is still on the bank the broncos the little michael p ryan who i believe was a jet at one point um yeah ceh is a great play i hope he gets back from that illness because i don't like playing anybody else and in, in that backfield if it's just p ryan is the other option so yeah, uh, that's not great. Um, we also got Kadarius Tony DNP. That's probably a good thing for the Chiefs offense. But all right, well, we just brought up Smaj P Ryan, so let's talk about his team, the Denver Broncos. Uh, the Jared Stidham Denver Broncos versus the Easton Stick Los Angeles Chargers over under at thirty seven. Uh, Chargers are three and a half point underdogs. Now they're not going to have Keenan Allen is a DNP. Josh Palmer is a DNP. Uh, so. Austin Eckler, I mean, he has been pretty insistent, but he found his way to double digits last week, so you could probably play him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cortland Sutton. Uh, don't he know. left he... with injury for a while last week, but I guess he wasn't on the injury report. Okay, yeah, you might want to double-check his status. Maybe he was yeah. just missed on our, our rundown, but uh, if he goes, maybe you could play him. Uh, but I don't really like anybody in this option. The one guy I will say could intrigues me, uh, I've picked him up in our league of record. I'm not committed to starting him yet, but I've at least picked him up is Gerald Everett uh, because the Broncos are the worst team against the tight ends and there's no Keen Allen. There's no Josh Palmer, which could essentially mean it'll be Gerald Everett, Quentin Johnson and Austin Eckler fighting out for who will actually be the number one in targets. Uh, so a sneaky tight end stream could be Gerald Everett, Gerald Everett, but I don't know how much I truly trust Easton stick against this Broncos team, even though it is a quote-unquote green matchup. Yeah, I think he might be a play. And then I do like Josh Palmer in DFS um, as he's been fairly solid with the Keenan Allen out and everything else that's been going on. But, but Palmer's again, DMP. and stick. Okay, well, never mind. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Keep that's an eye why... status. Like, it's not... The, the, the Chargers got destroyed here at the end of the season. Right. And I, I I forget what the injury is for him, Palmer. That is, I want to say it was a. Is he the concussion? Yeah, he's concussion DMP DMP. So not looking like he's going to go. Yeah, no, but definitely not. Let's talk about that last game, <laughs> Sunday Night Football, which will conclude the championship. Which will be the first time that we don't have to wait for a Monday game, and that I can remember to figure out who will be a champion. And every fantasy league, Packers at the Vikings, feel like it is not the last first time it's been Packers-Vikings in week 16 or 17 in championship week. I think the 
the Mike Boone year they played. Oh uh, yeah. I think two years ago they played. And now this year they played. So maybe it's like an every other thing, Packers, Vikings, Sunday night football, kind of, you know, wrapping up the fantasy season, coming a little bit of a tradition. What else is a tradition is the Packers CVS receipt worth of injury report. Uh, <laughs> Christian Watson, DNP, Devontavian Wicks, DNP, Jaden Reed, limited participant, Aaron Jones, limited participant, AJ Dillon, limited participant. Aaron Jones was finally off the injury report last week, banged up his finger. Uh, and so he's back on limited. AJ Dillon's still dealing with the broken thumb. Jaden Reed, like we talked about at the top of the show, was unable to go last week, but he's been practicing, so it's trending to play that way. Um, they could potentially get Luke Musgrave back. It might be still a week too early, but he's been practicing, and they've opened up his window uh, with his lacerated kidney. So that would be something to, to watch there. On the Viking side, the big news is TJ Hawkinson, IR, so he's out. Uh, Jordan Addison did go DMP to limited, so that's a good news. Uh, Madison limited, and then Jaron Hall is going to start. They announced that today. It'll not be. So I guess that's another quarterback getting benched that we didn't talk about at the top of the show. Uh, Nick Mullins is now being benched. Well, Nick Mullins played a whole one game. I'm pretty sure he started one or two games and threw four interceptions last week. Yeah, so, so Josh Dobbs got benched for Nick Mullins, who he benched Jaron Hall, and then now Jaron Hall. It's and now Jaron Hall's back. Yeah. Well, Jaron Hall got in injury, and then they just decided to roll with Dobbs. That's so true. he kind of got benched, but not really. I don't know. The Vikings are scrambling because they know they still have a shot at a playoff spot, like a decent shot at a playoff spot, and they can't figure out the quarterback position since Kirk's been gone. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about this game real quick. Uh, On the Packers side, uh, I think Aaron Jones is going to be good to go, and you could play him, but he's been so in and out of your lineup. You don't have to force him in there. Uh, if Reed can go, uh, I like him, especially with no Watson and Wicks. Now, Matt LaFour did say he was going to give them the opportunity to practice Friday uh, to go. So we'll see if any of them can change their status. Make sure you're following along uh, on X or for all the updates there. Uh, but outside of that, like maybe, maybe Tucker Craft is a stream potentially. Uh, with no Luke Musgrave, he's been getting a couple targets, catches, uh, which is all you hope for out of the tight end position. But the Viking side is the one that's interesting to me. And I want to get your thoughts. Mm-hmm. One, uh, normally I don't talk about defensive players. Jair Alexander got suspended by the team for one game. Uh, so he will not be out there. For a coin toss. Uh, it was for more than a coin toss, but uh, there was some stuff about the coin toss that just kind of put the final straw in the cap. But so Justin Jefferson, if you made it, to, I know Campy, I believe it was in the World Cup. Uh, Brandon, either in the League of Record or the World Cup. I think both. Myself in another league, all made the championship with Justin Jefferson, and Justin Jefferson, I'm willing to go out and say Justin Jefferson will have. I want to say 30. I feel like that is being extra bold. So I'll say 25 to 30 fantasy points guaranteed this week. Two touchdowns, bunch of yards, bunch of catches. Uh, Go back to what he did week one against the Packers last season, and he'll have a similar day because they don't know how to cover him. Yeah, I mean, top weapon out. Our top defender out for the Packers. 
He's been heating up like last week, put up that 23 points, 141 and a touchdown against Detroit, did everything he could to win that game. One of the few times where like you'll see a camera at the end of a game go to a player on an offense that just couldn't quite get that final drive together. And it wasn't Nick Mullins. They spotlighted. It was Justin Jefferson walking off the field, completely wiped, put everything he had into that final drive, got him most of the way down the field and then got jumped on that shot to the end zone at the end. Like he is one of the few special players in the league that can go out there and raise the level of quarterback play. So I have no problem with whoever the heck they want to put out there. Quarterback Jaron Hall, if it is getting switched to Nick Mullins mid game, if they bring Josh Dobbs back in, Justin Jefferson is a game changer that I agree could put up 25 super easy this week. You are 100% right there. And just to give you, uh, he did have, why does it keep changing the date on me? It is driving me up a wall. Uh, his week one game was 30.4 points last year against the Packers in Minnesota when they couldn't cover him. He had 184 yards and two touchdowns. Obviously, that was with Kirk Cousins. Um, and I do think, like, Nick Mullins, he threw the – he had the picks, but he would he was a gunslinger, so I did like that about him. Uh, Jaron Hall, I think, will still throw the ball around the yard. What is your thoughts? My last question about this game. Mm-hmm. Josh Oliver, the tight end. They brought him in in free agency. He's been underrated. He hasn't been a great fantasy option because TJ Hawkins has been so dominant. But tight end is such a big part of that offense. Is he in the bucket for you this week? There's so many guys I'd rather play than go with somebody who doesn't have a history of being super successful and hasn't had the, you know, the, the snaps this year that I would feel confident going out there in a fantasy championship and being like, Josh Oliver. All right, Josh Oliver or Pat Frymuth against the Seahawks. <sighs> had Frymuth do last week. It wasn't great. Yeah, he had, he had that one good week. They fired my Canada and has him a good sense. Yeah. I don't know. Give it a shot with Josh Oliver in that case. I don't know. That's 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 kind of where we're I'm in at. the like, bucket. I mean, you're right. Like, like it, if he, if you put said him or Dalton Kincaid, like that's a tough one. I might want to be literally. like. Dalton Kincaid, I would probably go with because I feel like there's a chance he gets a couple of big plays between the 20s. Him um, or Chig with Will Levis? Chig with Will Levis, I'm not touching, so I'll give it a freaking shot. But I, I don't know. I don't like it. So my only thing would be, and and I'll, you can give me your take too about this, and then we'll get into our last couple of things and get out of here because we are extra long today. So thanks for listening if you've made it this far. Uh, what is your thoughts like – not that you should force somebody in your lineup for the Sunday night game, but like if you're debating between Chig and Josh Oliver for say at the tight end, would the, it gives me a shot all the way to the end play any factor in your decision. I don't know if wording it that way would be the way that I would put it uh, because I wouldn't go out there and, you know, bench somebody that is like a little bit of a higher tier than right. Josh Oliver. Right. But like if it's like a oh these guys are fairly equal cuz they're complete toss-ups, go ahead and throw the guy out there that plays Sunday night for the fact of like I have something to watch. This is fun. Cuz I mean in the end of the day, 
I, there's not a lot of people out there playing for a couple grand in their fantasy leagues or playing for a couple grand in DFS, but like go out there and have fun and be like, I'm going to see if Josh Oliver gets me five catches in this game, sit back, relax, enjoy Packers Vikings, and hopefully win a fantasy championship along with it. Like that's where I'm at. Yeah. Cause it's not, it's going to feel pretty good if uh, one, I think Justin Jefferson is going to be that guy. I've talked about that enough. I'll be the guy that when this game ends at 1130, you can brag to all your friends and end 2023 on a good note. But maybe that would be Josh Oliver for some people. But we got two more things. Let's real quick hit our survivor picks or, as you like to say, survivor picks. All right, Cody, Survivor Picks, I'll start us off here. I am taking the team that I was talking up in the NFC this week, the LA Rams. Rams playing against the Giants, not fantastic. Tyrod Taylor, even though he might be playing better than DeVito was, I still don't see it happening for them. So even though it's only a five and a half point spread, I like the Rams. Hey, I like that pick too. I was going to pick them, but you claimed them first. Uh, so... I want to take the Eagles against the Cardinals. Uh, you know, both games feature West Coast teams coming east. One you're picking to lose, one we're picking to win. Uh, I'm going to take the Eagles there. Now, if you picked the Eagles before because they're a dominant team, I understand that. Uh, so I'm going to give you Tyler's pick, who is not here with us today. Uh, and it's not really his pick, but I'm just going to say it is. And that is the Chicago Bears over the Atlanta Falcons. They're on a little bit of a win streak. I know the Falcons did just win last week, but give me the Chicago Bears as a sneaky survivor pick that could have you winning the whole thing. You know, I didn't mention this when we were on there. The Falcons underdogs against the Bears of all teams. After last week, the Falcons were favorited in the matchup. They had no reason to be favorited against the Colts, I believe. And Vegas was right there. Maybe Vegas is right here, too. Right. But, you know, we just talked about Tyler. So let's spend his money. Ching. Never get old. Never at all. Cody came up with the theme for our last Couch GM's parlay of 2023. Last day of the year. Last touchdown scorers. So this one is going to be an absolute train wreck, but you know what? I love it. Cody, lead us off. Who you got as your last touchdown scorer for the Sunday slate? Right. And last touchdown scorer is so hard. Normally, the you, you can play around with the first one because who's going to be the scripted guy? Last touchdown. So, one, so I went for the game on Sunday because that's the last day of the year uh, that we talked about at the very beginning of the show on the Sunday slate, the Dolphins at the Ravens. I talked about how this would be a low score. It could be a low scoring game, whether it's a high scoring, low scoring, that doesn't matter. It's going to come down to the last possession and, you know, possibly no Zay Flowers. No, Mark Andrews hasn't been there for a while. Odell Beckham not being the guy. So give me a Lamar Jackson rushing touchdown to essentially seal the deal and win the game for the Baltimore Ravens. I'm not picking the Baltimore money line. That's not a part of the bet, but it is Lamar Jackson last score touchdown. So even if they don't win, if Lamar scores that last touchdown, he still wins that bet. But I like that game to be close down to the wire. I think that's a pretty intriguing one, but possible. I'm going to go to the divisional matchup between the Saints and Buccaneers. Normally a shootout. Normally... Very close games. They're still playing for a division down there in the South. And no Marshawn Lattimore, as Cody mentioned, which means the man on the other side in that rivalry, Mike Evans, is going to get that last touchdown to give the Buccaneers the edge. And I think clinch the division, if I'm not mistaken, if they win that game. 
I don't know the correct playoff scenario, and I've taken too much time, and we will confirm that next week. Unless you want to look up while I talk about the the ne- the next game or the next pick in our parlay. Um, so Tyler's not here, uh, and not all the score the last touchdown scores have been posted to DraftKings, not a sponsor, but they definitely could be yet. Uh, so the pick, the official pick would be Derrick Henry. We talked about him having a big bounce back game, winning the game. Uh, I know the Titans have been eliminated, uh, but I think that he'll have the last touchdown. But if he doesn't, we're going to just have some fun there. We are going to go Jacoby Myers as the substitute if they never post odds for for Derrick Henry. Uh, and just so you know what we're kind of looking at right now, our biggest winning potential ever, uh, spending Tyler money, it's $5 would win $5,200. That's right. That's how crazy this is, but no better way to win, to finish 2023 than a big bet, potentially a big win. Yes, sir. We hope you all get have some solid bet winnings on the last day of the year, and we all hope that you win your fantasy championships as well. Hope we can give you guys a little bit of help. Happy New Year as well. Yeah. All right. Well, I think George is giving me that look like, Hit the music. Talk us out of here. You've been talking too long. Let's get over this thing already. Like he hit Actually, the intro music too, I so did. that's fun. So now you're <laughs> We're starting it off right here at an hour and 37 minutes in. That's right. I was like, that does not sound right, and now I know why. Uh, but that is the, the right music. Like George said, good luck in your fantasy championship. We'll be back early next week to recap the World Cup. Uh, I'm hoping George will join, but not, I, I will be there. Uh, breaking down the winners of the first year of that. Let us know how you do in your leagues. If you have any last-minute fantasy questions, feel free to reach us out at the Couch DMs on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, X, TikTok, all those good places. I'm Freddie Rocap. That's George Kurth. And we will see you all in the new year.